I'm just sensing the presence of God here. I've got a message. But God took me to a scripture while we were singing about him. And then Steve said about things that are in our lives that keep us away from the Lord sometimes. And we sometimes think they're bigger than him. And each one of us here got born with a call on our lives, placed in us by God. And you'll hear more about that in a little while. I felt I needed to read this. Isaiah chapter 6. For those of us that watched what unfolded in Westminster Abbey, there was one moment where the king is walking out with the pages carrying his train of his robe. Big robe, wasn't it? Nah. I know a bigger one. Isaiah 6. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne. Not in Westminster Abbey. High and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. How big is your God? The train of his robe filled Above it stood seraphim, each one had six wings, with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, And that's how I felt this morning. Woe is me, for I am undone or destroyed. When you come into the presence of God, you know you are like... (laughs) Because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen... The King, capital K. The Lord of hosts. I I sense his presence is strong here. The King is here. So here we are undone. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar, and he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, your iniquity is taken away. Behold, your iniquity has been taken away. If you feel you've got a sin bigger than the blood of Jesus... You need to go back to him and pray. All sin. And your sin purged. Atoned for. But this is the bit then, isn't it? You stood those people out the front. 
Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Who shall I send? And who will go for us? And in these days, can we come to a place and say, Here I am, send me. And as I watched, the Lord began to speak to me yesterday, and I want to release this word. We were all waiting for the king to come out of Buckingham Palace. The people are in anticipation, expectancy. The archbishop, all the bishops ready, waiting for the king to appear. The Lord said to me, I'm getting ready to leave the palace. Tell the people, I'm about to leave the palace soon and return. Are you ready? Are our hearts ready? Are our lives ready? Are we walking in holiness? Is everything that we've got now being surrendered to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords? And are we watching and are we ready? And I just sensed that the more that ceremony went on and the people are cheering, all I kept hearing is, I kept praying, Lord, let, let the words go on forth. Let it hit the hearts this morning. Holy Spirit, come through Westminster Abbey like here and shake the place. Thousands of people. And if we took a poll of how many of them knew Jesus yesterday, I would think it would have been very small compared to the numbers. That is the enormity of what was before me yesterday. And I was just saying, Lord, help us to get ready. Help us to help others to get ready. And to tell them the truth, no matter what the cost. So, what am I doing? I'm continuing with the series, the Easter series, which has been quite amazing, isn't it? And um, my task this morning was to... um, or is to tell you about breakfast on the beach, Jesus meeting the seven in John 21. There's a bit of a challenge going on in our house at the moment because Cecile is following me next week. And there's two parts really to chap- John chapter 21. And the second part is Peter's restoration, but because a lot of it is all about Peter. So I was telling her where I think I was going. She says, you can't do that. I'm going there. (laughs) Husbands obey your wives, it says, doesn't it? So I had another think. I said, I think what I'll do is I'll go down this route. You can't do that. I'm going there. So I said, okay, Lord, um, over to you. Anyway, we went into arbitration with the Lord. (laughs) He's given me a message. (laughs) But the deal is this. If I stray over the line, 
you're going to hear, you know in those quiz shows, when you get it wrong, <coughs> you may hear that sound, and I will quickly retrack onto my message. I can see my wife getting the alarm ready. This is worrying. So anyway, he has given me a message. <laughs> Praise God. And I'm going to try and avoid the name Peter as much as possible. <laughs> Sometimes the Lord gives me a song. Maxine talked about that last week and led with a song. And... Um, and sometimes he actually gets me to act out the scripture. <laughs> a bit like when they do prophetic um, things, but act it out. So he woke me on two mornings with the first bit of it and then added to it. <laughs> so I'm going to obey the Holy Spirit in a little while. And, um, and then we'll read the scripture and then hopefully you'll make sense of what I did. <laughs> but there was a song Gone fishing. That's a fisherman for you. Now, there was, a, there was an election this week, wasn't there? So I'm going to just do one here. If you think the title of my message this morning is gone fishing, that's one option, or God is in control. So all those that think my title is going to be gone fishing, put your hands up. All those that think my message is going to be God is in control, put your hands up. Oh, wow. There is such an anointing here for you all not to go for the first one. So I had this song and I thought, we're all children of God, aren't we? And God says, come as little children, yes, and have faith like a little child. So I've got a song for you just to set the scene for this message but do take note of the words as you follow the, the little, the cloud will take you along the words to sing. So Leanne should have that ready to load. And don't stone me till I've finished the message. I think we've heard some things this morning that confirm many uh, elements of what Lord wanted to share this morning. I think one of the things we've been looking at is how the disciples were feeling in this period of time when they've gone through all that they have with Jesus and then seen him go to the cross and then have to come to terms with the empty tomb and now trying to get a grip of what is going on. And um, I don't know about you, but um, waiting is not easy. And waiting patiently is even harder. Yeah. Now, waiting says the action of staying where one is or delaying action until a particular time or event. So waiting is big in God. And Psalm 37 verse 7, Psalm 27 14, Psalm 40 verse 1 are just three where God speaks about wait patiently. Wait patiently.
waiting to see what you can find. So, why on earth would I do that and risk my whole career and my work for God? <laughs> Thomas the Tank Engine. Reverend Wilbur Ory. Anglican minister. Railway enthusiast. Penned the first story, the three railway engines and the characters in 1942. Why did he do that? to cheer up his son who was going through a boat of measles. That was just the start of something amazing. And since then, the adventures of Thomas, the tank engine, and his friends have captured the imaginations of millions of children worldwide. Throughout this Easter series, we've been reading the Bible stories, the true accounts of what was the start of something amazing with Jesus and his disciples that has gone on to capture the hearts of millions of children, sorry, people worldwide, who like us are now children of God. And we have many stories, testimonies, to tell, to cheer up, and to bring hope to countless more people. We are the real life characters in the unfolding true life story. One of the characters who popped up there was Sir Topham or Topham Hat. He wears a top hat, known as the, affectionately as the fat controller because he's a rather large gentleman, the station master, the man in charge of the efficient running of everything. We have our own station master, person in charge, in control, and that's Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who does only what the Father says. And I've got a slide up here. 20, Matthew 28, 18 to 20, just to reinforce who's in charge. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. 
Go therefore, make disciples of all the nations. Remember, go and all the nations. It will come out later. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. And the end of the age is still going. So it weren't just for the disciples, it's for us. Waiting. I've told you that while we were just waiting for the things to come on. See, I had to do some waiting patiently because the video was not what we wanted to be. But again, the action of staying where one is or delaying an action until a particular time or event. And I asked us, how good are you at waiting patiently? Peter and the disciples are in transition from what was and they're on the way to what is to come, but they're in the what is. And we're in the what is. And tomorrow will be in the what is. And then the day after will be in the what is. And we need to leave what was to keep going to the what is to come and not get stuck in the what was or the what is because we're going to the what is to come. And the church has got stuck. Comfortable. We forgot we're an army of God. We forgot we're his ambassadors. We forgot he sent us here to do something. He's filled us with the Holy Spirit, given us all authority over all the power of the enemy to do what? Set captives free, open prison doors, heal the sick, cast out demons, proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. It's time, church, to rise up and grip what is happening now and what God is saying for us to do in the what is. So they're currently in this what is, trying to make sense of all that has just happened. What is happening now and what's going to happen next? And they have no control over it. All they need to do is just obey and wait. That's tough sometimes. Jesus was in control together with God, the Father and the Holy Spirit. And in John 5, 19, Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do, for whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. You're safe. The Trinity, I preached on it some weeks ago. They're in charge. They're doing it. We just need to lock on and work with them. And all the disciples just need to do is keep following the last instruction. Keep following the last instruction. What was the last instruction God gave you? Can you remember it? If the Lord has told you to be somewhere, be there. Stay there. No matter what. But I can tell you this, the enemy will try his utmost to get you out of position. Why? Because he knows that you're a threat to his kingdom. And that God is going to use you. And that means everybody here, not just the selected ones. If you've come here and you say, yes Lord, you're my Lord and Saviour, God's going to use you. Even if he just positions you in a street and you live in a house where the blessing that comes because you're there and the presence of God comes because you're there is having an effect against the darkness that could have overwhelmed that street. Did you know that? Your light is shining in the darkness. Your presence. Your salt. Students, you may have said, why Norwich? Well, maybe there's a job waiting for you here or a husband or a wife. If you speak to Cecile and me on my testimony of that one. 
Or there may be a church that God wants you to go to, to grow in, because he's going to use you and launch a ministry from there. Others may have moved geographically recently or moved church, prompted by God. But know this, God is going to do something, obey the last instruction, wait patiently, pray and prepare. When the Lord is ready, he will reveal things. Clearly. Even though it does not make sense, just do what he says. So, the disciples. One minute they're minding their own business fishing in Luke 5. And this gentleman appears on the beach. And the next thing they know, he's saying, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Then they're on a journey then, aren't they? Miracles, signs and wonders, demons being cast out. Then they're let loose themselves. Now suddenly, this amazing man has gone to the cross. The tomb's empty. They can't quite work it all out. He's appeared to them a couple of times. And um, the last instruction was go to Galilee from Jerusalem. So they're now in Galilee. And can you imagine what might be happening as they're sitting there back in their home area? Well, he told us to come here. Yeah, and he said he's going to speak to us here. Yeah. But when? I don't know. He didn't say when. He didn't, he didn't tell us last time. He just appeared. You can imagine what's going on. There's got to be going on. Yeah, we're worshipping. We're reading the Torah. We're going to synagogue. We're, we're expecting him. But I, I still don't understand that. He's told us lots of things. And then the days, probably, that took three days to get to Galilee from Jerusalem, by the way. It's nearly 80 miles, and they walked most of the time, apart from if they rode on something, like a, a donkey or a camel. So these guys are having to do a lot of walking about and moving, and they've been obedient. They're in Galilee. Now, I can imagine something else may have happened, because when they were with Jesus, they were being funded. Judas had the money bag, remember? So I would think funds were running a bit low, because there's no ministry going on. They need to feed. They need to eat. So I wonder if that was playing on them as time went on. It doesn't say, does it? All it suddenly says is Peter... I can say this bit because it's in my verse. Peter says, I'm going fishing. And those with him, total seven of them with Peter, said, we're going with you. So... They said, but what about the other four? He said, well, we'll just leave a... A note up. Now this is where God woke me up. <laughs> and I'm going, really? Okay, I'll do it, Lord. Reality TV. How many of you like to go with the policemen, the ambulance men, the RNLI, and you're out there with them watching what's happening? Well, I felt the Lord just, I think he was just having a little bit of fun with me with this as well. For the moment, I'm Jesus, and the cameras are with Jesus, at this point where the disciples have decided to go fishing. Okay? Here we go. So the cameras are rolling, and Jesus is on the move. Right, I think I'll just pop along to uh, the high road. 
where Peter lives and see what they're up to. Yeah, it's a nice sunny day anyway. Oh, just like I expected. Gone fishing, P.S., back after breakfast. Amazing. Hang on. Uh, Holy Spirit. Hiya. Where are you? Hoovering. Oh, hovering. Sorry, bad line. Hovering over the sea, waiting. Yeah, brilliant. They've gone. The sign is on the door. Gone fishing. Yep. Should be with you shortly. You've been watching Destiny News. King Charles III's been, he's, he's had his coronation. Wow, that must be 2023. How time flies. Anyway, back to the what is. They've gone fishing. And, um, and oh yeah, don't, don't, don't forget, all night, stop the fish going in the net. And I'll speak to you in the morning. Brilliant, thanks. Right, now I need to get some things. I walk Kingsway. This is a lovely road, Kingsway. Wow, look at that billboard. Why use many words when one will just do the job? Yes. Anyway, Kingsway, turn right, Coronation Street. Here we come, past the Fisherman's Return. And what a shop. I love this shop. J.J. Gyra Provisions. Hi. Yeah, I just need a few things. It says on your door there that um, every need met, open all hours. Brilliant. I need some matches, uh, bread, fish, charcoal. Oh, you got it. Great. Excellent. Yeah, I'm doing a, a barbecue, a beach barbecue in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Now it's a surprise. Surprise for some friends, actually. Oh, thanks. Surprise from some friends, yeah. Um, is that enough fish? I think so. I'll probably have to make it stretch. And, um, um, yeah, I think that's everything. Anyway, I need to get going because I'm up early in the morning. Bye. So Jesus has now gone to bed. Jesus is now getting up. And it's early morning. I just need to turn these because I'll let you see these... Um, up here, so just uh, place those just behind me. So Jesus is now on the beach, and it's just getting dusk, just getting light. It's got to be fine there, I think, for what we need to do. So he's got the charcoal in one of those trays, and the matches, and they've got some fish here. Oh, that's a nice little bit of flatfish. Uh, I'll just place that on the fire. I'm getting quite a dab hand at this. There's some bread. You can't go on living without bread. Just light the fire. Great. Oh, look, the sun's just beginning to rise. Excellent. Oh, it's already smelling good, isn't it? Hi. Yeah, I'm on the beach. Everything's ready. All oh, right. They caught nothing all night. Oh, yeah. Interesting conversations you've been listening to. I bet you have. <laughs> yeah. 
Anyway, right, we're ready. Everything's ready. Now, the goo word is when you hear me say, cast the nets on the right side of the boot. Okay. Right, I'll see you in a bit. Right, here we go. Hey, children, have you caught anything? Oh, dear. We'll cast the nets on the right side of the boot. See what happens. Ah, that's a voice I recognise, John. Yes, it is the Lord. Splash, that's Peter. Just wait a moment. Oh, hello, Peter. No, hang on, Peter. Wait, wait, wait a minute, Peter. Wait, wait for the others. Just wait for the others to catch up. Here they come, here they come. What's all the excitement? 153 fish in the net and the net didn't break. That's awesome. However, did you manage that? Excellent. Well, come on, our breakfast is ready. That's what the Lord showed me of what may have happened. as he stood on the beach. That's the sketch. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What I've just actually gone through, we're now going to read together on the screen. John 21. You can read out loud if you want because it's good to read the word of God out loud because if you get distracted when you're reading the scriptures at home, try reading it out loud because you find you're hearing it and your mind's not going elsewhere. So this is what just took place. We're going to read from John 21, breakfast by the sea, 1 to 14, to just bring what I just did together. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and in this way he showed himself. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to him, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we're going with you also. They went out and immediately got into the boot, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning had come, now Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? They answered him, no. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boot and you will find some. So they cast, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it, and plunged into the sea. But the other disciples came in the little boot, for they were not far from the land, about 200 cubits, that's about 100 yards, dragging the net with fish. Then as soon as they had come to land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish which you have just caught. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to land full of large fish, 153. And although there were so many, the net was not broken. Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. Yet not one of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? Knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then came and took the bread and gave it to them and likewise the fish. This is now the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Thank you, Lord, for your word, which is truth. Three times now he's appeared to the disciples. When you go to Acts 
chapter 2 that says there that he was on the earth between resurrection and ascending 40 days. And he appeared to many. And if you read the account in, I think it was 1 Corinthians 15, he appeared to 500 in one go. So why all these numbers? You do need to pause and look at numbers. 40 is mentioned 146 times in scripture. It generally symbolizes a period of testing, trial or probation. Often associated with change, new beginnings, fresh starts. 40 days or years as time periods are separate. They separate in two distinct epochs. They separate periods of history or life. That's what's happening here, isn't it? Death, resurrection. Now we're, he's in this bit in the middle. It's about completeness, transformation, transitional change. What was, what is, and what is to come. What is, what was, what was, what is, and what is to come. Now, this slide I just want to put up should be James chapter 1 from the message. We've heard about trials. Just read this. Faith under pressure. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colours. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. James 1, verses 2 to 4, and that's out of the message. Just hold it up there for a little longer. That says, count all joy, my friends, in the New King James, the first bit. How do you count trials like uh, Gloria just shared? How can you be joyful in that? But you were... And when we're going through the trials we're going through, and like the disciples are in this, what is going on? There's something happening here. But what is being forced out? Your faith life. How many times have you looked back on the situation that you've been through and seen how you then have grown in faith because you've had to get into the Word, you've had to get on your knees, you've had to cry out to God, you've had to seek out wise counsel, you've had to read certain books, listen to certain preaching, and you've grown. And then what comes next is a bigger test, but you can go, I know what to do now. I've seen what God done there. What was, I'm now in this what is, but I'm after the what is to come. And don't try and get out of any test prematurely. He'll just put you back in it. You'll always pass the test with God, even if you have to reset it like I did English three times. I failed my English. I'm from Norfolk, yeah, that's in England. Twice I failed my English O level. I did. I'm like a Galilean fisherman, uneducated, but I found Jesus. No, listen, I know why they couldn't give me a pass mark. The examiners for my paper were not from Norfolk. How on earth are they expected to understand what I was writing? (laughs) There should always be a Norfolk person marking the papers of a Norfolk school child. That's a lot easier to understand, isn't it? Bore. I passed it third time. Come on. Now I can stand up here and talk to you proper. 
<laughs> I couldn't get out of it, could I? I had to keep resitting it. But God, he will get you through. Now listen, if you're struggling with that, that says at verse 5, which is not on the screen, if you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father. He loves to help. You'll get his help and won't be condescended or looked down on to when you ask for it. Ask boldly, believingly, and without a second thought. And your Father who loves to give good gifts will give it. He wants you to achieve. He wants you to succeed. You've got a destiny. Nearly had a song there. I have a destiny. I know he will fulfill. Let's go on the next slide. Philippians. God will complete. Look at that. I am so pleased that you have continued on in this with us. This is Paul speaking to the Christians in Philippi. Believing and proclaiming God's message. From the day you heard it right up to the present... There has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you would keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day of Christ Jesus that Christ Jesus appears. There's never been the slightest doubt in Paul's mind that what God has started is going to finish. And we've all started And guess what we're all going to do? Finish with a flourish. If we just keep our eyes on him and follow the last instruction and do what he's asked us to do, then it's a job done. Because the king is coming. The king is coming. And God is getting everything ready for his arrival. The Holy Spirit is getting the bride ready, the church ready, us ready. He told the disciples to go, didn't he? If you've got any doubt about what you should be doing, get rid of the any and go fishing. If you take any out of gone, in case you missed it, you get go fishing. So the Lord told the disciples and he's telling us to go fishing. For what? For people. And he's put you in Trory Street at the minute. And you live at Pouring Land at the minute. And you live at Drayton at the minute. And you work wherever you work at the minute. And you go to the UEA or the medical school and the surgery and Tesco's and anywhere else at the minute. But what are you supposed to be doing when you go there? You put that on your door or your house and then you go fishing. And this is what Ephesians chapter 1 of the message says. And I'm going to finish with this. Because uh, there's lots of lovely food waiting for us. Last week, Maxine spoke a brilliant message and brought out about honeycomb and mentioned ice cream and chocolate. This week, I've brought bread and fish. And then there's a feast in there. And Steve and I were talking beforehand and said, have you noticed in this period when Jesus is about, there's a lot of food talked about. And... um, And the Lord likes to feed his people, both the word and physically. This is what Ephesians chapter 1 in the message says. I wanted to do it in the message because once I didn't get it on a slide because the Lord seemed to give me this to sort of say, yeah, keep going. What I've given you, I want you to do, even though you feel a bit foolish perhaps doing it. It says, the God of glory, how blessed is God 
And what a blessing he is. He's the father of our master Jesus Christ and takes us to the high places of blessing in him. Long before he laid down earth's foundations, he had us in mind. Had settled on us as the focus of his love to be made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. What pleasure he took in planning this. You've just seen him just planning just this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift giving by the hand of his beloved son. Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, his blood poured out on the altar of the cross, we're a free people. Free of penalties and punishments, chalked up by all our misdeeds. And not just barely free either, says here, abundantly free. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. You need to claim that, not partly free. All of it. He thought of everything, provided for everything we could possibly need. Letting us in on the plans he took such delight in making. He set it all out before us in Christ. A long range plan in which everything would be brought together and summed up in him. Everything in deepest heaven. Everything on planet earth. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. It's in Christ that you'll work it out. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his, eyes, his eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. It's in Christ that you once, that you, once you heard the truth and believed it, this, this message of your salvation, found yourselves home Free, signed, sealed, and delivered by the Holy Spirit. And the last bit. This signet from God is the first installment of what's coming. A reminder that we'll get everything God has planned for us, a praising and glorious life. I didn't want to say too many words because the Word of God says it all. So in summary of this morning, really, they're in the waiting time. They're waiting fairly patiently because they've followed the last instruction. Go to Galilee and I will see you there. And Jesus is imparting, he's getting them ready. They still haven't worked out what the what is to come is, but he's getting them ready for it. And we'll hear that later on in this series when we reach Pentecost. And all I would say to each one of us today is, Are you still trying to stay in the what was? Or are you getting stuck in the what is? Without moving in the direction of what is to come. And when you wake up tomorrow, wherever you've got to go and whatever you've got to do, and the Holy Spirit says, I want you to go over to this person, and you're thinking... I'm not someone who can go over to people and start telling them about the gospel and preach the word, I don't know it. All he might say to you to do is, if you want to go over and tell this person that I love them, 
or if you'd like to just go over to this person and open the door for them or pay for their groceries <laughs> or suddenly in here you feel to say to them because the Holy Spirit gives you a word of knowledge I believe that you are struggling with this and they go how did you know that what I'm saying is God's there's a fisherman over here speak to him he's got various types of ground bait that attract the fish he's got various bait for specific fish and if I know God, the fisherman, where it says in my Bible, he draws all men, women, and children unto himself through the Holy Spirit bringing that conviction and to Jesus and to God, he knows exactly how to fish for souls. And I could testify here how he got me. I think I have once already. And he will draw them. You might just be that first seed planted and then someone will water it and then God will give the increase and all we've got to do is go fishing and give them the hope that is in us the hope that is in us can I just say 153 have you ever pondered on 153 some people say well, it's just a big number of fish but I heard a preacher preach this so I thought I'm going to find this for myself because I like to find it for myself there's a website called Institution for Creation Research, icr.org. For five decades, they've equipped believers with evidence of the Bible's accuracy and authority through scientific research, educational programs, and media presentations, all conducted within and, uh, and thoroughly on biblical framework. So this is what I'd heard, and this is what came up on this 153 district nations were in the world at the time of Christ. I'll say it again. 153 district nations were in the world at the time of Christ. And it's not much different today. These were represented at Pentecost by 17 ethnic groups in Acts 2. When the disciples first began to carry out the commission to preach the word in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the rest of the world, there were these, all these different people heard them in their own language, yes? Now, what the, if you might not like all this number business, but the amazing thing is the number 17 is also symbolic because if you go 1 plus 2 plus 3 plus 4 plus 16 plus 17 equals 153. There seems to, this is what they said, there seems no other number that could possibly be more appropriate to represent all the peoples of the world than this number, 153. And it is surely more than coincidence, in fact, providential, that the Creator saw to it that exactly 153 great fishes entered the gospel net. And that I jumped in my spirit. Because basically, I said to you at the beginning, the word was look for goo and all nations. That's who God is over and that is what he's about. And suddenly there on that beach where he's getting these disciples back on track for what is to come, they are actually acting out something that they did not realize. And they said large fish. 153 large fish. And the fishermen will count fish, won't they? They like to count. How many did you get today? But 153 large fish. And when I saw that, I thought he said to go into the whole world, go into all the nations, 
and preach the gospel and make disciples of them. Now, you need to study that out yourself. I just felt that blessed me, and that then began to make a lot of sense. So as I finish this now, I would just say to everybody here, God has called you, he has placed you on this earth for a purpose, and you might feel that you're no use, you may feel that you've been pushed aside, you might be by society, but God's got his eye on you, and he knows exactly what he's doing with you, and you might think, what on earth difference am I making? Believe me, people are watching you. People are watching you. I think Jeff, one of the preachers, spoke about they're watching us. They're watching us all the time, and they're, they're a bit bemused of how we deal with tragedy. Just do what he last told you to do. Be in position and be listening and then act. If he says cast your net on the right side of the boot, I can guarantee you there's a catch. And the difference here is they went, they did it of their own volition and God, Jesus again proved who was in control. God is in control. And when we've said, Lord, here I am, as I read in Isaiah, I will go for you, then he will send us where he ever wants to send us. It might be local, it might be further afield, because he's got his eye on a lost soul. A lost soul. I'm just going to pray a blessing. Um, i just pray this, and then, uh, then I'll speak this blessing, and then we'll just take some time just to let the Holy Spirit just uh, touch people. Lord, we thank you for your word and the accounts of all that has taken place through the centuries and especially at the time of yourself and the disciples. But Lord, you said about all eight going right through the ages to the end of time, winning people to you and we're testimony to that. 2,000 years on from the disciples on that beach. Lord, but there are many more souls, many more fish that need to come into your net, into safety. And you said to them, bring me some of the fish you have caught. Lord, and we just want to be able to bring some of those dear ones that you are placing beside us, that you're sending us to. We want to bring them to you, Jesus, that they might come to know you, the truth, the only way and the life. So Lord, I just pray for everyone here right now. However, I've stumbled through this word this morning, Holy Spirit, you would make sense of it and what needs to drop will have dropped and go into good soil and will begin to grow and multiply, Father God. And Lord, that you would just quicken each dear soul here, Lord, this morning, that they are special in your sight and that you have called them for such a time as this and that you will complete that which you've begun in them and that you're moving each one of us Lord, through the what is into the what is to come. For your namesake and for your glory, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.